0: Hello and welcome to another exciting special edition of the Scottish Liberty Podcast with me Anthony Samaroff
1: And me Tom Liu
0: We have two very special guests today They are the stars of the show Private Manning Goes to Washington Which is playing at the Fringe at the moment down on the space on nidri Street Matt Steiner and James James Ford
2: <laughs> E. James Ford is my is my credited name, but I've confused e. I've Ford. confused everybody by telling them they can call me Jim. So uh, so I'm I'm proud to say I've thrown a thrown a wrench into the works
0: already. <laughs> and I went and saw Private Manning Goes to Washington a couple of nights ago and was blown away. Would you guys like to start by telling us a little bit about
3: what the show's about? Sure. So uh, Private Manning goes to Washington. Is about an imaginary uh, secret meeting between uh, President uh, Barack Obama, U.S. President Barack Obama, and uh, the Army whistleblower Chelsea Manning, who's currently uh, in prison um, under the Espionage Act in the U.S. for leaking classified documents to WikiLeaks. Okay. Um, And the whole story is kind of told through the lens of uh, U.S. internet activist, uh, hacktivist rather, and pioneer Aaron Swartz. who had his own uh, dealings with U.S. judicial overreach. That's right. Yeah, Aaron
2: was was this sort of boy genius of the Internet. He's responsible for a lot of things that are very common use now. He was responsible for developing the original spec for RSS, which if you get your podcast right now, RSS is the, the the standard that is used to deliver podcasts. To right. Everybody. Okay. Um, yeah. He also was part of the uh, early development of the Creative Commons license with Lawrence Lessig, um, and he helped create a, a website called Reddit. Which, if you're a nerd like me, you spend far far too much time on. Right. Yeah, okay. I am aware
3: of Reddit. <laughs> I haven't used it much, I have
2: to say.
1: You know, like a man.
3: Another thing too that uh, I'm sure every, everybody in this room can appreciate is. Uh, the, the defeating of like SOPA. Mm, and that's PIPA, right. Like a, a big, um, would you say, Jim, draconian internet yeah. regulation yeah. law in that's the US right. that okay. was pretty much set to pass.
1: Yeah. It was. Um,
3: on both sides. Yeah. And massive support for it. And Aaron really led a, a grassroots. Incredibly okay. surprising defeat yeah. of it. There was well, a ostensibly
1: what was the the, the reason for, for wanting this legislation? Was it the, the usual tropes? Was it you know internet pornography and child abuse and? So?
2: It, it was it was copyright protection okay. more than anything. Right. It was it was you know trying to shut down various sites like the Pirate Bay and all the various all right. streaming. Intellectual property uh, act is what it was. Uh, you know it was a, a a concession to all the great big content owners out there. And, okay.
1: Well. Yeah
2: and Aaron led a, a movement that maybe some people remember uh, where a bunch of very popular websites, including Wikipedia, went dark for a day. Um, okay. You couldn't get on any of them uh, at all. Yeah. I all that you saw was a message that said, we're dark today because we're protesting the, uh, the SOPA and PIPA Act. Um, so everybody okay. that tried to look up, you know... Who the the star of their favorite television series was that day was suddenly yeah. met with suddenly a message. Yeah, 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 exactly, and met with a message to say, "Call your congressman."
1: And then, what's the status of Schwartz at the moment? Is he-
3: it's deceased. Yeah. Okay. So that's. I mean, just yeah. Getting back to the show, so this ends up being a story of two um, individuals who are similar in their uh, belief that uh, information should be free um, and similar. Uh, in that the U.S. government uh, arguably uh, overcharged them to make an example out of them. They both were initially charged with 35 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Aarons was bumped up to 50 years, I believe, right. and a okay. maximum of a million dollar fine. and he ended up uh, committing suicide. Um, okay. Is it right before the trial? <coughs> right began?
2: before right before the, uh, the sentencing, I believe. Because um, they were working out plea deals, uh, plea bargains, basically. They'd worked out a plea bargain where he was possibly only going to spend six months in a federal prison. Um, but before that, before anybody could agree on that plea bargain, Aaron uh, hung himself. Because I think the idea of spending any time in yeah. prison um, really imagine. disturbed him. Yeah, especially as, you know... Uh, uh, a nineteen-year-old, you know, scrawny internet boy. Yeah, you know.
3: So, so I think, yeah, the 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 focus and the effort of the show is kind of, you know, as hopefully you saw, to to put a human face on these two uh, human beings who had an an immense fact effect uh, on on the U.S. and and the world, and who who might not be as well-known in the mainstream or or Mm -hmm. continue to be talked about in the mainstream as much as they should. Right. I
1: mean, at least Schwartz, I take it, was a civilian. Manning, on the other hand, was in the military. Now, obviously, the, the comeback from a lot of people would usually be, well, look, the guy was a military guy when you're in the military, it's a slightly different situation to being a civilian, and it's you know, incredibly different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely, in terms of rules and regulations, yeah. yeah, that's
1: right. Do you but you still feel he was justified? I mean, what what kind of stuff that's was he uh, did he leak? What did he just decide to randomly leak a bunch of stuff, or was there a specific reason for those documents that he, that he leaked to he leaked? so
3: so there's like there's something that we do have access to right now, is uh, Chelsea Manning, um, uh. W- which I actually want to be sure to refer to her as Chelsea Manning. Okay, uh, I uh, remember him because just in the Chelsea. past tense. Yeah. yeah, we originally uh, uh, noticed uh, them when he was identifying as Bradley, but now uh, she identifies as Chelsea Manning, and she actually writes quite a bit, um, okay. often often uh, published by the Guardian about the the intentions right. uh, behind the work. So not to put uh, words in her her mouth because um, she's written extensively on it, but things that she leaked are uh the Iraq war logs and the uh Afghanistan war logs and there's uh uh this really kind of infamous video now of uh US uh army pilots bombing um i think what ended up being Reuters journalists Reuters, and, journalist, and teachers not not bomb shooting uh, Shoot, with, a, with a mounted machine gun. They, uh, okay. they were
2: shooting people who were holding cameras, who were clearly members of the press, who were clearly uh, uh, civilians. Um, it was American soldiers gunning them down.
1: Okay. And okay. is this something the military initially denied?
2: That's absolutely... The, oh. the military didn't even... Uh, uh, <laughs> they <laughs> they weren't even, even deny in. whatsoever. Well, and something
3: yeah. that's just really simple is is the U.S. military continually saying, there's no way for us to know right. the number of civilian casualties. There's just, okay. It's so large and and, and we, or, or so unknown, you know, how are we going to figure that out? And that was just like that was blatantly, blatantly false yeah, because that's right. uh, something released in the WikiLeaks documents were actual numbers that the U.S. had kept as, as a tally. And so I guess uh, I would argue um, one, one of uh, the many reasons we ended up kind of pu- pulling out a lot of that, uh, a lot of the information that Civilians in the U.S. had um, that I think uh, prompted their desire to withdraw came Mm -hmm. from things learned in Mm -hmm. the WikiLeaks documents, things that we had always suspected uh, but never knew until uh, Chelsea released those those many documents, um, hundreds of a quarter
2: about three quarters of a million documents, about seven hundred and fifty thousand documents. Wow! Um, And
0: what year did these hit the public? And 2010, I believe yeah. 2010. Yeah, was when they Do all th- came out. Do you think that it had an effect on the public mind and the consciousness towards the conflict? Mm,
2: absolutely. In fact, there are some people that that say that Chelsea Manning's leaks were directly responsible for the Arab Spring because they revealed so much hypocrisy and so much collusion with various Middle Eastern states right. um, by yeah. the United States that uh, that the the information revealed in those documents not necessarily any of the ones that that matt just mentioned but but ones that you know talked about collusion between you know the united states and various uh dictatorial regimes um Directly caused the people to rise up against okay. their governments. What what attracted each one
1: of you? To, you know, take it in turn and say mm-hmm. why you specifically wanted to get involved in this project, or how you got involved in this project. I mean, what's your own background? Why do you feel strongly about this? Great. Do you start so, yeah. so
3: uh, the representatives is a, a, a company in in New York, uh, okay. run by myself and playwright Stan Richardson, who right. wrote <coughs> this play. And uh, we've been working with Jim on various projects as well. Uh, these roles were written for the both of us, and almost all of the roles in the shows we do are written for specific actors, and um, right. we try to do what we call a radically intimate theater. Most of our theater in New York City is produced in private homes, apartments, as okay. invite-only. Wow. Um, and we also try to have all the roles again written for specific people, and we try to have things be, be about right now, right? right. Um, because as much as as much as escapism is is worth something, I think the the theater that um, Stan and I are often attracted to are things that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. And theater has the ability to get people into a room. Um, Hopefully, talking about things right. after. So, in New York, we throw a party after every single show, okay? Uh, so that we can have the conversations that we're having now. Right. We can't quite right. do that at the Fringe because yeah. there are literally three thousand shows, yep. yeah. yeah, one after yeah. the other. The other. Um, so, and, and all of our shows, I think, are connected by there is some sort of socio-political uh, happening right. uh, in the usually in the background of the show. I would say this is the most direct engagement mm-hmm. uh, with with something, um, and it started out as a piece of it started out with the question of what if we created a piece of theater to free chelsea manning then i think it turned into something else and a lot of the the journey as that we took as creators ends up in the play um through the characters of billy and and aaron their their doubts about whether theater can actually do something Mm -hmm. um their their arguments Uh, for and against the freeing of of Chelsea Manning and their uh, ambivalence about how she did what she did Um, a lot of that I think is reflective of of genuine thoughts and opinions that we have in the company Mm -hmm. uh, debates we've had and and conversations that we're still uh, having with ourselves and other people
1: right yeah and Eugene
2: well uh, I mean as far as what originally attracted me to work with the representatives a lot of the theater that I do in New York similarly takes place outside of theaters that excites me very much you know okay. both the idea of of Ending uh, uh, the the theater building as church, right by mm. by making it less sacred. You know, very John Berger ways of seeing stuff. Um, I do a lot of theater in New York that is actually straight up trespass theater. We break into places <laughs> right. where we do illegal pieces of theater. That like we've we've cut locks and snuck audiences into right, okay. power plants. We've done stuff along this canal in New York City called the Gowanus Canal, which was a. a uh, it's a, a toxic waste site, uh, basically, um, okay. and we we made that the the Guerrilla like like theater, yeah, that's right, guerrilla <laughs> yeah. theater. So uh, the designer that often works with the representatives, uh, Paul, is an old friend of mine. We've done a lot of old crazy experimental theater together, and he told me about the representatives who normally do shows in uh, in apartments, and in this case, uh, they were doing a show in a church. Um, and he told me about them, what they do, and I said, do they need anybody to, you know, uh, uh show people to their seats tend bar or anything and I wound up tending bar for them okay. um, and from there you know I wound up uh, uh, they came and saw as the show as, that and I did, he so. wound up
3: as the lead in our next show <laughs> that's, right. That's, right. that's right he was literally a volunteer bartender right okay we did go see him in the show after that <laughs> <laughs> but, but I
1: actually, was he just acting as a volunteer bartender <laughs> or was <is> he <laughs> bit, hard to say I, I hard to say play within a, with a, lot, play, a exactly. to do with,
3: with the people we work with and the type of yeah. theater we like to create because yeah. I'm not kidding that we literally throw a party after every single performance essentially um, yeah. Because we think we we think it's you know our responsibility as artists to both create the art and then create the space to discuss that art mm. or you know honestly what the fuck is the art worth yeah, if you're right. not going to talk right. about it afterwards okay. and so whenever we're choosing collaborators uh, obviously we want to make sure that they are talented which we had a hunch about Jim and then we saw him in the show we're like oh great he's right. exactly as good as we thought he was if not even mm. even better but right. I think even more so. Um, we're looking for people that we honestly want to have like 10 to 16 parties with okay. back to back <laughs> right. and that we think would generate this type of conversation. And actually, Stan and I were just talking the other day as we were walking through the meadow, like um, taking someone on this trip uh, mm. to Edinburgh, you know, I, I want someone who, as, as a collaborator, who's going to continually uh, challenge me, who's going to okay. continually offer me new ideas and new, new perspectives of of seeing things and I definitely think Jim falls in that, okay. that category. And and
1: why, why, it sounds like a silly question, why The Fringe? I mean obviously I, I get why The Fringe, but why this particular play at this time and you know, what's, what's the relevance for the European audience do you think?
3: Great. So, so first of all, on a purely practical level, why The Fringe, Yeah. Uh, biggest theatre festival in the world yeah. and just as a company we're growing and would like to start touring things. Why this show at the Fringe is a more specific question, because we we were going to go the year before, but then we ended up saying, ah, the show that we're we're doing, I can't really defend why we Mm. would be doing this at the Fringe. But um, a lot of the focus on the company, as I might have mentioned before, is on uh, telling stories about people that uh, either people don't know about, people aren't talking about enough. Mm. Right. Um, And I think just the opportunity to talk about uh, Chelsea Manning and Aaron Swartz on, you know the biggest world stage yeah uh, was a little too amazing to, yeah. mm-hmm. to pass up. But Great. most most
1: people think about the fringe; they think about. I would reckon. I mean, it's it seems completely dominated by comedy. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, is it, is, does that present any difficulties in of itself? Or is I
2: think a ton of difficulty. Okay. I mean, you know, one of the one of the big uh, uh, activities as an artist that you go through at the fringe is promoting your show. Right. Exactly. You spend a lot of time on the street just handing out flyers. Yeah. And it is uh, very difficult to. <laughs> when there's people that are juggling fire around you or yeah. or you know literally occult- yeah. like five group. feet yeah. away yeah. Yeah. and we're basically walking up to them with a flyer that says would you like to see a show about wikileaks you know <laughs> or would great. you like to see a show about whistleblowers or data liberation would you basically like to um, uh, be challenged and possibly move to tears tonight as opposed <laughs> to uh, or go
0: see some burlesque or, or go there. see it's some like, burlesque exactly yeah, it's like, exactly. It sounds like a um, pretty good plug to me being moved to tears hmm. Uh, Matt, in the show you actually play Aaron and uh, a very autistic performance it is, if that <laughs> isn't. Um, I want to make sure you're saying
3: autistic and not artistic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> okay, <Hopefully> it's both.
0: I was wondering what that was, was like and how you
3: drew your inferences for recreating Aaron. Sure. Uh, it was incredibly difficult. I mean, to be honest, it's one of the most difficult... Things uh, I, I've done, and I continuing. I'm continuing to talk about that and analyze. Like, yeah, why was this so hard? And, and I, I think uh, one of the very obvious reasons is is because he uh, was a real person, mm. and so yeah. I started out this journey. Uh, there's this amazing documentary, The Internet's Own Boy, uh, which uh, I watched, and um, which is about Aaron, which yeah. is about Aaron Aaron Swartz and, and and his life and work, and a, a really incredible book of his writings uh, called The Boy Who Could Change the World, The Boy Who Would uh, Change the World, world with a for, uh, foreword by his friend and once colleague Lawrence Lessig. Um, so I, I began in, in, in reality, you know, really trying to suck up all of it, and. I don't know. There came a point. I, I think the point where I departed that from that was when we were contacted by Aaron's mother Wow. and Aaron's uh, girlfriend at the excuse me, girlfriend's mother. Uh, his okay. girlfriend at the time of his death. Yeah. Um, completely s- supporting the project and, and wishing us well and, and just wanting a copy of, of the script. But okay, cool. To be completely honest, it got a little overwhelming. That mm. that uh, that that pressure and that honestly that desire to honor mm. this person who i have a lot of at right. ad, ad, admiration for and i think then it just occurred to me that if i am to honor this person uh, as as callous as it might sound I, mm. have, I have i have to forget they're a real person mm. because okay. i'm it's not my job to be aaron and i will never mm. be aaron mm. so then the focus really shifted to like i am playing a character named aaron that a playwright named Stan Richardson wrote? Mm. And who is that character? Mm. And I think even more importantly, what is the relationship between that character and the character of Billy mm. that Jim is playing? And so I think a lot of the things you saw, whether it is the um, you know nod to As- Asperger's behavior, right. you know, which, which has been chronicled uh, uh, about him, but I think kind of the the crafting of the character you saw really came out of, like, who is this person to Billy? And who does this right. person need to be in the play right. in order to create the tension uh, and mystery required for this person who is really kind of, you know, the audience yeah. coming in um, right. and encountering this person and this subject.
0: And to circle back to what you said about your own debates making... Their way into the show One thing that I found particularly effective Is Essentially in the play The character of Billy played by you Jim Mm -hmm. Is under pressure From this fictional Aaron To write a play About Chelsea Manning confronting Obama Mm. And You each Are trying at some point To come up with the play And one thing that you do is you improvise the roles. That's right. But you improvise those roles in your characters. That's right. So Aaron's Obama is very different from Billy's Obama. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a fantastic touch. And also, it was really great to see you guys play a character in character. And I was wondering (laughs) how that resembled the process of if there was anything in the process of putting the play together that came into that scene Mm.
2: yeah well I think that uh, certainly we didn't want to do, especially with Obama, who is very well caricatured in a lot of different mm, works the yeah. media, we wanted to make sure that we weren't just doing, you know, a keen peel impression of, of, of Obama. Um, we wanted to make sure that when we were improvising Obama, especially when the scenes get more intense and more intimate, um, that this was just a person that you were seeing on stage. Because so much of what the play is about is getting these two people who are both icons and symbols in their own rights to see each other as human beings, right. to see each other so that hopefully, possibly, they can just understand each other. You know, yeah. that's really, I think, the the thrust of what they're trying to create. Can Barack Obama understand why and what Chelsea did? And can Chelsea understand why and what Barack Obama did as far as not pardoning her, as far as mm. not... Uh, 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 staying true to his promise to treat whistleblowers uh, well and to, to honor whistleblowers. Um right. so, and
0: that uh, was one of his campaign that was promises one of his campaign to to have have a session who backtracks on his promises. So
1: Whoever un- heard, heard, un- heard, un- heard un- <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. had a lot of hopes in Obama. Mm. Yeah. And some people will see no fault in Obama, mm. I've noticed online and I think a lot of people are very disappointed with him. Mm-hmm. You know, as sort of a libertarian, I've got major concerns about Obama, as I did about Bush. You know, we don't sure. really f- uh, fit into the regular political spectrum. Yeah. All of the parties are far too big government for us. Mm. They're all too big on the surveillance state. They're all too big on the war on terror. Absolutely. Obama said he was going to work towards a nuclear free world and mm-hmm. then spent more money on nuclear weapons than no. any That's right. previous administration he promised to dis- scale back the surveillance state and yet he increased, increased the size it, yeah. of the surveillance state got the Nobel the Peace drug. Prize
1: for sending more troops to That's the Nobel right. Peace yeah. Well, before, before he
0: even had an opportunity to <laughs> yeah. send troops actually he, he got he, the Nobel Peace yeah. Prize increased yeah. the drone yeah. yes, war well, tenfold as yeah. well yeah. he yeah. bombed eight Muslim countries mm-hmm. which is more than Bush mm-hmm various promises like closing down Guantanamo Bay yeah. which he didn't follow through on now there is a nod to that in the script which I think that some people quite might find controversial but I thought was beautifully handled where um, your character Jim is surprised that Aaron says that Obama's worse than Bush he says I find that hard to believe yeah. <laughs> And your character says, so does he. That's right. He finds it hard to believe that he's he's worse than Bush Mm -hmm. as well. Which I think, now that you've talked to me, I understand in the context of you actually trying to humanise Obama Mm -hmm. and present in the context of the play that he's under certain pressures... And um, one of the lines is, it was one thing being a senator. It's one thing having some of the information, yeah. it's another thing having yeah. all of the information. That's right. Well, so, also, some yeah, great lines. As, a, the, as, a, as a
3: senator, um, and, I, and I cannot remember th- uh, right now the GOP senator he worked with, but uh, nuclear disarmament. That's right. He did quite a bit of work across the aisle. Right. That's right. Um,
2: and he was notoriously one of the notoriously that yeah. has negative connotations. But he yeah, was one know. of the uh, one of the few senators who voted against the Iraq War right. uh, yeah. right. at the time.
3: You
0: know, so, but voted so, to fund it. Yeah, that's it's right. It's that's insane. right. Insane. So, yeah. if,
3: so, and, and and I do think this is you know uh, uh, addressed in the play. I think I want to make sure to be clear about like I th- having empathy for someone does not mean agreeing yes, what they're doing. Indeed, but yeah. if we aren't. If we don't have empathy, how are we going to really dig in? Yeah, and you talk turn them into a caricature and a monster, things. and that's unhelpful. Yeah, helpful, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know.
2: Exactly. So, so. But so is so is an icon and a hero. Yeah, you know, both of those yeah, totally. are, are dehumanizing yeah. uh, symbols of what a person actually is, which is a nuanced, flawed individual. Yeah. yeah,
3: and so you know, I I have uh, many critiques of the Obama administration, as, as you've just just mm-hmm. listed. Um, I even have critiques of some of the victories, like the the way uh, healthcare is mm. being carried out as kind of you know, like a giveaway to the private insurance mm. industry. Okay. However, you know, uh, pushing that forward, mm-hmm. you know, in the incredible way that it was done and getting mm-hmm. us, you know, arguably closer to universal healthcare is, is amazing, and it is a humongous victory in, in the states. And so, I think. This piece of theater is really reflective of a lot of the theater we do, which is like most of the people we're critiquing in our mm-hmm. shows are the people we support. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. be right. Easy to create a piece about Bush critiquing, yeah, right. Well, I mean, like literally worst president in U.S. history. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, got us into almost almost every foreign policy yeah. critic. Almost mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. foreign policy. There's a few that make out, the finals for that of, like a, yeah, of yeah. Obama. Indeed, yeah, you could trace back to the Bush administration, right. but that also does not let. The Obama administration off, off the, the hook. I feel right. like that's often the conversations yeah. we're getting into. Is it's it's not yeah. a like it, it doesn't always have to be a binary. It doesn't always yeah. have to be like oh because you're for this person you can't critique them. Quite quite the opposite. If you're going it's to necessary. support yeah. this person, you better critique them because you put your name on that. Right. And yeah. our our name, the U.S. has put on. Literally put on bombs that are that are bombing people yeah, yeah. across the world. So it's my responsibility mm-hmm. to critique the person that I voted for. Well, that's refreshing. But why do you?
1: Are, are, it seems to 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 my view, for, as an outsider, that the anti-war movement in America and Anthony has brought this up many times, seem to go to sleep mm-hmm. on the watch of Democratic presidents. They went. They, they, they go. They went to sleep on the on on Obama's watch. They went to sleep on Clinton's watch as that's well. Right. And it's almost as if it's. He's a Democrat. He's a good guy. He must have his reasons, you know. Well, yeah. and I think yeah.
3: Jim can certainly elaborate more on this, but I, we, we've gotten into many conversations with each other and with locals about yeah. uh, the voting system in America and, right. and the, the two-party system or the two-major-party system yeah. and the fear of truly critiquing your party mm-hmm. because the other party will it. that's right, yeah. On that's it right. Yeah. yeah there's uh,
2: uh, so much of, of American politics and I don't I, I think this is probably true of, of most uh, democratic systems you know it's sports more than it is actual policy right. more yeah. than it is WWS that's right exactly <laughs> so exactly so so um, there is in fact uh, a very active anti-war movement that, that works regularly to try to get issues in front of Obama in front of the American people mm. however you are absolutely right in that the team that will often support those people trying to get that message out does go to sleep because their team has won right and because they're getting concessions on certain issues that really matter to them okay you know um, it's it's the old issue of special interests right yeah my issue say is I don't know pick an issue out of your hat uh uh my issue is everybody should get free glasses. There's glasses okay. on the table. That's why I said that. <laughs> so everybody okay. should get free glasses. So if that's my issue and I also happen to be anti-war, but Obama comes through for me on getting me free eyeglasses, well, yeah. then I'm probably less likely to to critique him on the war. Sure. Um, and that, you know, gets gets far more intense when you're talking about the real special interests that exist out there yeah. energy Right, <laughs> right. Okay. And like and that. The,
0: the thing is when you've got this two party system, mm-hmm. so much is off the table. That's you right. know what I mean something that, for example, the left in America will agree with on even the hardline small government Republicans Dude. is corporate welfare, yes, you know, but because both parties are talking about gay marriage, abortion, gun rights, and all the things that are like really hot topics to debate on. Getting rid of corporate welfare is off the table. Yeah. If I was to going to start cutting government, I'd start cutting from the top. Sure, you? absolutely. The, people who are, there's so many issues that both parties can just hold off the table completely mm. when you've got these kind of turf wars over um, my team versus your team when what's really important, stuff like you know the, the Federal Reserve mm. being able to control interest rates and print money at, mm-hmm. at will. And it's abused that also at times which would piss the left off like when there was major union actions and things Mm -hmm. like that they'd they'd change the interest rates or withdraw the money supply or increase the money supply to make times hard on people so that they had to stop demonstrating throughout American history. But, you know, there's a banking cartel there, there's a military-industrial complex, and as long as the ping-pong ball just keeps on getting hit from one side of the table to the other, it's really, really likely to continue.
2: And as long as this, uh, the the core issue, which in American politics, at least in my opinion, is how campaigns are funded, the ability for... These interests that we're talking about, whether it's the financial industry or right. the military industry or any other industry that actually holds sway over our senators and congresspeople and presidents, um, as long as they are able to continue to pour unlimited amounts of money yeah. into these reelection campaigns um, and, frankly, mm-hmm. into the personal coffers mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of our various representatives. You know, there is a system of legalized bribery. Right. Yeah, it's it a
0: bribery. It is. Yeah. It's absolutely a bribery. There was a study done by the Sunlight Foundation, who, are, as their name suggests, <laughs> shining the sun on the corruption of government, and they showed that you you'll have to look it up at mm. home. Between a period, basically, the most politically active corporations in America got something like over $160 in benefits for each dollar they spent translating. Wow. So I'll, I'll get you the exact figures. Now, the interesting thing about that is on a free market, the purpose of a company is to sell products that their customers want to buy, mm-hmm. right? once you can get more money from bribing the government then, by serving your customers. Mm-hmm. The government is your customer. Mm-hmm, There's yeah. no point in developing products. There's That's no right. point yeah, yeah. in getting your advertising right. There's no point in investing. <laughs> and so the
2: corporation can, is your constituency.
1: And, yeah, as well. Exactly, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly. For the politicians, mm, yeah. the corporation's now their constituency rather than the voter. Mm. We've seen quite a lot in whistleblowers and things like that over the last 10 years obviously Manning and Schwartz, and then there was the Julian Assange and mm-hmm. Edward Snowden. Snowden. Yeah. And the Ross Ulbricht trial, I don't know if we class him as a whistleblower, but he was involved in something called the dark net. It was basically an area of the internet that's unmonitored, sure. and people were selling drugs and all sorts of things. Was he Dread Pirate Roberts? Yeah, oh, well, okay. he was pinned ah for being the Dread Pirate Roberts, whether he actually was the Dread Pirate Roberts or was one of several people sure. acting under that. Okay. They they put it on him and they maybe over-sentenced him to make an example. Mm. And the thing is, in that community, there was so much accountability because they had what star ratings for sellers and people sure. were giving out good information on how to take things safely. That's right. And everything that would be happening, not on the dark road, if... We didn't have a drug war, mm-hmm. which uh, we spend God knows how much money on locking away people mm-hmm. for doing no harm to others right. at great expense. And and mostly people of color, at and least in I, the was going, I was yeah. going to add people. that yeah. it's been incredibly racist. Mm-hmm. So where is this movement going, and what part do you think that your play would
3: like to play in the, in this movement? That's a, that's a wonderful uh, question that, a so good that I'll question. try to dig into. And, and can you just <laughs> specify when you say this movement, are you specifically talking about the whistleblower movement? Whistleblowers
0: or you... and civil liberties, mm. they seem to be important to people. I think it's something that could unite. Because I mean, I don't think what stands for the right wing today in America no. is really big on civil liberties or has right. been for a long time. But there is a more traditional movement. Uh, a different kind of conservatism, a small government conservatism, which is on the fringe. And I think they're quite big on, like, get the government out my yeah. backyard! Sure, yeah. sure, That are really suspicious as well. And in that front, I feel like this transcends left and right.
3: Mm-hmm. So I think th- this reminds me of, um, you know, the Fringe is offering a bunch of different workshops yeah. um, throughout the festival. And, and I went to one the other day uh like how, how to tour your show, right. something yeah. that I found really helpful is uh, the the panelists saying like before you start to tour your show, ask yourself why why are you touring this mm-hmm. show, yeah. and what why is your company touring? And so mm-hmm. you know, just asking myself that, it made me think of this upcoming election yeah. uh, in in the United States between yeah. uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and... Well, Gary Johnson's in there
1: as well. Excuse me. You, Pardon, me. Pardon me. Yeah, sure. Pardon me. Yeah. And yes. Jill Stein. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: Yes, yes. Yes, forgive me. The, yes. two, the two major candidates, yeah, sure. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and uh, the candidate most likely to win, uh, in, in my opinion, Hillary Clinton. Okay. Uh, if our mission as a company is to shed light on stories that right. are not being talked about enough, Right. Um, I do not think a Clinton or Trump administration mm-hmm. is going to help us in mm-hmm. that effort. In mm-hmm. fact, I think it is going to make it more difficult to talk yeah. about stories uh, like uh, Chelsea Manning and Aaron mm-hmm. Swartz. Sure. And so as we continue to build our community in New York, I think uh, now is a more important time than ever mm-hmm. for us to start to look outside of the United States to mm-hmm. have the conversations that we are having right Brilliant. now, okay. both to learn about other groups with similar interests mm-hmm. and goals as us and I uh, you know honestly um, I think as, as naive as it may seem to be uh, ambassadors of the America that might not be seen by the rest of the world mm-hmm. right now right. wonderful um, you know again People who, just speaking of myself, someone who voted uh, for Obama and finds it my responsibility to critique him. Yeah. I, to I hold him accountable. Yeah, to hold him yeah. accountable. I'm not sure that that voice is being projected across right. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think it is important for that yeah. voice. both So uh, the rest of the world knows that... Um, they, no, all they, Americans are like that. <laughs> no, all Americans are like that, and, and also, so so we, we can learn. I think we have a bad habit in America of forgetting the rest of the world exists. Mm-hmm. Um, there there is an immense privilege uh, uh, that uh, Americans enjoy across the world, and so I think with that yeah. privilege comes an immense responsibility. And I think to do our small part to reach out and learn um, and kind of you know spread these stories um, yeah. of of the unknown and uh, the undesirables, uh, whether they are American characters or or international. I mean,
2: if there there is one one shining light uh, amidst all this civil liberties problem um, that especially uh, Chelsea and Aaron and people like Edward Snowden uh, exemplify is that the age of information control is rapidly coming to Mm. an end. Mm. Um, They will no longer be able to control information uh, in any meaningful way. Um, any attempt to do so will likely be exposed, and any attempt to infiltrate will likely be encrypted. Yeah. And the great news is, you can't uh, outlaw math. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, once once the encryption genie is out of the bottle, there's no way to get around it. Um,
1: and and yeah, I mean, we've got all these guys uh, who have been have been thrown in jail, some of them for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Why is Hillary Clinton still at liberty? I mean, in great. terms of like, yeah. she, you know, arguably, there's some guys in jail for less yeah. than what she and, and not only did she do it yeah. she lied about doing it that's right and she was guilty
0: in all these cases.
1: I, I thought they were going to do a snow job and say well there's no evidence we can't really get to the bottom no. of this but no, they actually said, yes, she's absolutely guilty of doing this. That's right. And we're not going to do anything about it. That's right. Because right. there's
2: a class system in America. you know. Right. Because there's a class system that where, where uh, certain sets of laws apply to some people and certain mm. sets of laws don't apply to other people. And that is uh, completely counter to what the intention of the founding of America exactly. was. Yeah. We are a nation, nation of, of laws... laws. Um, and that idea has become very corrupted, particularly yes. in the past, uh, you know, 35 years or so, Yeah, um, I think, yeah.
3: And I think this goes back to this, this two party system yeah, that yeah. we were talking about, you know, like, uh, uh we are not outside of that. you That's know. Right. Even as I'm listening yeah, to you yeah. and agreeing with you, I'm yeah. like, I, I have my fears mm. as well. Of course. You know, yeah. We're Hillary Clinton imprisoned of Donald Trump yes, becoming exactly. president. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find that conflict in myself of yeah, going yeah. like, yeah, yeah. fuck, what do, we, what do we do? Because yeah, how yeah. do we be a, a nation of laws? And then how does this person, who I'm sure has committed, who like, has either committed or will, yeah. will commit numerous atrocities. Right. Yeah. But I think something that is even more directly related to our show is just the idea of leaking classified information right. uh, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Yeah. And like uh, General David Petraeus is someone mm-hmm. who leaked information to his, his what biographer and mistress. Right. Yeah. And got a slap Absolutely. on the wrist. And Hillary Clinton is... Excuse me, Hillary Clinton. Uh, Chelsea Manning yeah. is uh, in jail for 35 years. And, yeah. and something that we haven't talked about, too, is... Um, she recently uh, attempted suicide while we were in rehearsal, right. and now, uh, within the next couple of days, a, a sentencing is going to come down right. that could include indefinite solitary confinement for oh the rest of her, her time there.
0: That's
3: so, terrific, yeah. So, yeah, there, there is definitely, like a, I think, a huge bind that... Um, mm-hmm. The American public is in 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 what what to do about it. Again, I do not think that releases them of yeah. responsibility, but mm-hmm. I have empathy for it because I often find myself sure, debating yeah, yeah. what is to be done.
1: I mean, do you think that? I mean, the, the strange one of the strange things I find about America. I mean, this was a a, a country founded on the mistrust of government, mm-hmm. right? You know that that's that was the whole point. You know, yeah. let's have a constitution that will cage the beast of government and that's prevent right. it from getting out of control. And yet, at some point. Americans seem to, in my view at least, conflate government with their country. You know, I, well, they, well if it became one and the same. I
3: feel like there's always been two Americas mm-hmm. or like right. multiple Americas, okay. right? So that right. America you're talking about totally exists and that's right. how it was founded. Also the Electoral College mm-hmm. was created to protect America from the populace. That's right. right. Yeah. So so th- those two things that's right. exist. Yeah. Right? I mean there
2: is a I think what's happened is we've got an oligarchy in America. Yeah. You know, we have we have a system where there is just a straight up control of the, the vast unwashed. Mm. Uh, by by an extremely, extremely wealthy upper class. You know, the kind okay. of people that are controlling immense amounts of wealth and are using it to... Uh, and and there is no greater God in America than the dollar. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is what everybody worships more than anything. That's what everybody wants. That's one of the reasons that that, that uh, uh, poor people vote against their own best interests a lot of the time because they believe that one day they'll be rich.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and yet that same dollar that the worst just ain't worth jack shit. Yeah. It's been sliced sure. and diced that many times. Sorry, aren't
0: Well fundamentally I think that money's part of it. I think that, you know, in nineteen eighty four mm. George Orwell wrote, um, power is not a means to an end. Mm. It's an end in itself. I think it's yeah. two people Who are addicted to power, and we need to remember that because a lot of time you see people in power, and you think, well, why, why would they want to do that? Why would they want to do that? What do they get out of it? No, you don't understand. They're getting something out of it. They're not trying to get something, Mm -hmm. and they've got these studies where that you know they shown in people's brains for certain you know certain personality types. It is like a boost of drugs when you climb up the hierarchy. Sure. Now. Ultimately, I think it's the control and power over government that these people are seeking rather than just the dollar because... Mm There, there's a reason why all these corporations lobby the government. Mm-hmm. The government's the one that's got the power to point the gun and enforce laws and say what people can mm-hmm. and cannot and,
2: do. And and send an army and take control of the resources of, of say, an uh, uh, oil-rich country. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah.
0: that's what makes government exceptional because otherwise Starbucks would lobby McDonald's <laughs> and McDonald's <laughs> right. would yeah. lobby Coca-Cola. That's right. Everyone is reaching for the gun of state. Mm-hmm. Everyone is pointing their lobbying dollars in that direction so that they can have control over the system. And
2: what a gun in America. Yeah. What a gun we have.
1: Yeah, and
0: and getting bigger
1: all the time. That's right. That's right. I thought it was interesting when when Bill Clinton, you know, got on television and said, you know, the the era of big government is over. (laughs) And I thought, okay. (laughs) (laughs) How, How untrue is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how, I mean, as a as a theatre company, I mean, how do you guys? I mean, talking about money and talk about how do you fund? How are you funded?
3: So we, like all other companies, can always use more funding <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. uh because yeah. uh we will be placing a link yeah. the yeah, right. <laughs> theater is, is is definitely not one of the higher paying jobs yeah. in, in America and, um, and in
2: America there is virtually no state support of the arts yeah. right. uh, okay. that was that was ended uh in the 80s basically when there was a massive defunding of the the National endowment for the Arts mm-hmm. by uh, by a bunch of moral crusaders you right. know people okay. who, who were who were showing uh you know pictures of works like Piss Christ by oh, Robert right, okay. Menzorpe um, that that received government funding. So yeah, so right. basically all funding of theater in America is individual or or foundational or corporate. So so
3: know. we are we are lucky enough to have mm. some pretty diehard uh, fans right, uh, in, in, in the U.S. Uh, yeah, our company is about five year, benefactors and sponsors. Five years okay. old, and uh, and we began. Um, by like I was saying, doing invite-only productions wow. in apartments, right? Where we would the admission would be a bottle of wine, and we would collect donations. And so for the longest time, that was the only type of theater we were doing, and those donations would pay uh, for those productions. And you know, we're we're only able to offer a small stipend to mm-hmm. the collaborators we work. Right. With. But from the very beginning, uh, it was really important wow. to us to pay our collaborators, mm-hmm. even if it was symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh you know you're contributing something beautiful yeah. you should be paid yes. for your work and and with each production we're able to increase that uh, good yeah. a little bit uh so, but uh literally how did we get here you know to edinburgh we this was the first year that we had what we call access passes you know right. for, the, okay. for our for our hardcore members they they paid to, to see the three shows of the season knowing it would help fund uh, our trip to edinburgh mm-hmm. we also have a little bit of uh, foundational support from uh, amazing groups like the the Puffin Foundation who supports work that has a hard time getting uh, funded okay. otherwise yeah. and uh, the Marta Heflin Foundation um, and the Bessemer Trust who All right. are people who, who really believe in the work that we're doing come and see it Right. Um, and, and wish us well, and so that really helps us do larger things, mm-hmm. uh, larger things like this. I
1: mean, the, the odd thing what we've been finding with the fringe, uh, certainly not so much in theatre but in comedy, uh, the only people who are making money, oddly, are those who are doing the free fringe. Mm. <laughs> you know, well, the people the who are they're actually they're charging money and have got they're the top venues—they're not really making. Most of them are sure. losing, but the free fringe seems to be going good. Guns and ammo. we well, I mean, had Dominic Frisbee on the show. He was doing—he's uh, doing one show, which is not the free fringe, another one that is the free fringe. His free fringe show is the one that's making the money. Even though
0: his, yeah. even though his paid show that people pay for access to. Is uh, selling out many days. Yeah. He's still he's still not making money. So, as um, so where would people go if they wanted to donate something? If our listeners wanted to donate something to your, um, to, your to the representatives,
3: they could go to therepresentatives dot org, and uh, there's a there's a donate. Uh, button on it, and we're we're a fiscally sponsored project. Uh, so there's this company called Fractured Atlas that they can make a, uh, a tax deductible, at least a U.S. tax deductible. U.S. tax deductible. Yeah, okay. U.S. Text deductible <laughs> donation through. Okay. Yeah. Um. But uh, and I think they take about seven seven percent out, but most of that money uh, yeah. goes directly to us goes mm-hmm. directly to funding uh, uh, projects that are generating the conversations that we're okay. having. Because again. Uh, some something that is incredibly important for us is to create art and create the space to discuss that art okay. like we're doing right now and
1: and where to after the fringe Broadway Hollywood what's the, what's <laughs> the fingers crossed thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if
3: you have Broadway's number give them a call and tell them we're coming <laughs> well, you um, know, so, so what's next for us is to go back to New York and do a run of this um, in New York City mm. uh, right. before Barack Obama leaves office okay. on January so off, Broadway. Um, off Broadway way off Broadway so, so the idea the idea is that and also we, we were already talking to some, some um, different festivals and, and producers here about uh, touring the show um, because oh, yeah. this is our first uh, international uh, production and right. the idea is to continue to create new work in New York and to continue to tour this Mm. and possibly other pieces around the world as we're doing that.
1: I mean, a great difficulty you've faced is, unfortunately, you've chosen to come to Edinburgh during our monsoon season, which lasts (laughs) from early January to late December every year. Well, well, we're avoiding like, record high temperatures. Yeah,
2: no, unfortunately, unfortunately, global climate change is on our side. We're (laughs) in the climate change sweet spot right
0: now. Yeah. Okay. Before we wrap up, I wanted to discuss a question that we were discussing before we went on air, Mm. which is, when is the time to break ranks if you're in the military or in a, is that justified? Is it always justified? Is it never justified? Tam, do you want to lead the conversation because you've got some? Well, there's concerns. I mean, like as an
1: as an ex military man myself, you know, I think when you talk about the military, it's a it's it's a huge beast. Generally, when people think about the military, they think about the guy in the front line, but he's actually a very small part of it. You've got a sure. massive thing behind that. And I know, I think with Snowden, was he Special Forces or, or Greenberg? Uh, no, he was it? a
2: consultant. He oh, was yeah. an independent contractor. Right, he was yeah. an independent yeah.
1: contractor. But, but this guy's, it's hard for British people, especially, to get their head around the American military. I mean, mm-hmm. your your Special Forces alone yeah. are outnumber our entire land forces. That's you right. know, So it, it's a huge beast. But generally, as a military, I came to an infantry background, and that idea of breaking ranks is just so instilled in you, you just don't do it, you know, yeah. and it's like, I I think we dragged guys up in front of a court in Nuremberg and said, look, you, you don't have to obey every order, it's a moral duty to question your orders, and yet with their own troops, mm-hmm. I think the inference is, well, we're the good guys. Yeah. You know yeah, uh, right. that 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 law applies to the other side. That that's applies right. to the Iraqis. That applies to the Germans in World War Two. It applies to the Japanese. But we're the good guys. So when you break ranks and bu- I mean there's still a part of me when when I first heard about Chelsea, Chelsea Manning, mean, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, you you don't do that, man. Why mm-hmm. why would you do that? And I, I wasn't thinking in my libertarian mode. I was thinking in my old military sure. mode of you know this is this is just not what you do. This is dangerous. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know you could be endangering the lives of lots of your colleagues, guys working undercover, so forth. So for for you, when does it become? An absolute imperative to break ranks and to leak. And when do you make that decision to say, this could endanger other people's lives?
2: Well, D- I have, you know. I have uh, fortunately never ever been in a situation where I've like had to make that to decision. Make that so, so, so yeah. I don't really know the answer because I think it's a very personal uh, decision yeah. for everybody. You know, um, I like to think that if I were to see a. Uh, 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 gross injustice going mm-hmm. on you know gross injustice that involved the death of thousands of people which yeah. is the kind of yeah. stuff that chelsea manning was seeing on a daily basis that she okay. was just basically dragging from folder to folder you right. know because that was her job she was right. a, a, a a desk person you know yeah um, yeah i like to think that if i were to see that kind of of, of gross abuse of power going on that i would you know, yeah. be brave enough to face the consequences that that uh, she has faced. Yeah. Um, I don't know that if she even knew the consequences that she would face, if she would have gone right. away with it. That's uh, interesting. To tell you the truth. Yeah. But, uh, but she was fortunately for us and fortunately for for the people that she's helped by releasing that information mm-hmm. um she was a rebel through and through yeah. you know uh so so she did it i think maybe without without the thought of consequence but, well yeah i think yeah. because
1: it's an even more extraordinary thing when you when if you have been inside the military and you know that That's you right. you do not have the recourse to things that a civilian would automatically right. have a recourse to yeah. lots of things we absolutely take for granted in civilian life you know our uh, as rights you know that something simple like that wearing civilian clothes mm-hmm. being able to leave barracks being able to go and leave
2: cut <laughs> your hair the way you want cut it. the hair <laughs> the way you want it.
1: all these things are privileges in the military and they can be taken away from you at any moment in time and that's you right. don't have the same uh, rights as a civilian so I think that's, that strikes me as a, a, an even more brave thing to do but it's interesting to hear you say that she didn't quite appreciate the consequences. I think that's do you think true. initially, or do you think even in the long term, she didn't? appreciate I think
2: initially. I think initially. Really? I think now, now she's certainly it does. Appreciate <laughs> uh, because she's facing it. You know, I, I, I will say the, the. The great hope with Chelsea Manning is that at least with her original sentence, we don't know what's going to happen now that she's tried to, to commit suicide, but at least with her original sentence, she uh, was going to be eligible for a parole within eight years. Right, okay. So it is entirely possible that, that there could be some leniency shown to her after she's served eight years. But yet
1: the time that parole comes up, the administration will have changed. It could be either That's right. Clinton, it yeah. could That's be right. Trump. Which one of those two do you see has been more favorable to, to <laughs> <laughs> I, a, I don't
3: know I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know the answer to that neither, to, probably, to, probably to neither. kind of yeah. take a crack at the earlier question yeah. too okay. I guess to, um, I want to start uh, answering your question by asking a question sure. which is like who ultimately who is the US military accountable to mm-hmm. in the states because we have a uh, theory, we have this, people we have this grand myth yeah. in the United States that the people run everything Yeah. And um, you can't really have your cake and eat it too, right? Yeah, so, right. if the military is accountable to the people, just like we have a we have an enormous problem uh, with uh, policing in America yeah. right mm-hmm. now, and policing and the militarization and the of, of, the of people range, yeah. of color specifically. And mm-hmm. so, like just to kind of draw a parallel, that's not exactly the same, but shares yeah. similarities. Mm-hmm. Like if you are a cop and you see other cops, you know, acting poorly, murdering people. Mm-hmm. You know, there is—is is it the the blue code, the where, thin blue line the thin yeah. one that that you do not speak against other p- yeah, police yeah, officers, yeah. right? You because you could put them in danger. Mm-hmm. But while you are honoring that code, other people are literally dying. So yeah. when we say Chelsea Manning's uh, leaks, which were immense, which were the largest leaks mm. in military history, yeah, um, put uh, put people in danger. Side note: the U.S. military wasn't able to prove that. That Any was of the, the cases directly put right. okay. soldiers in danger. That's but
2: the, the charges of aiding the enemy were in fact dropped against her because they couldn't. Be okay,
1: approved. that's but, interesting. But yeah. when
3: we're but when we're talking about who did it put in danger and whose lives did it did it save? You know, we're we're often talking talking about Americans,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. American
3: service members. We're not we're not talking about you know who might have been the global Kims. citizens that might have been potentially yeah. saved by the effort to pull out. Of yeah of iraq and again there's I, what's seen and what's not seen right yeah, yeah. And, and again i want to bring it back to the ability to support obama and critique him at the same mm-hmm. time sure something that uh we've been very conscious and careful about as um uh i am not in the military i'm, yeah. I'm not in a position to to uh, speak from experience about the military i am grateful for individuals who are sacrificing their their lives yeah. um I also think it's my responsibility to critique them. I think yeah. that critique is my very small part in keeping them safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I appreciate that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know the direct answers yeah. to your question, but I think similar to Jim uh, Jim's answer, I think there is enormous courage to sacrifice your life as a service member. And I also think there's enormous courage to reveal atrocities happening on your watch. Again, that your name as an American is on when they are happening.
1: Do you think maybe the pendulum swung in terms of when you look at the Vietnam era Mm. and the troops returning from Vietnam, a lot of the returning troops themselves personally took the brunt of public anger Mm. and hatred. And there was a this the feeling with Afghanistan, and Iraq. It's like, let's not do that again. So the pendulum swung maybe too far the other way. It's that like, let's not critique our troops at all because that's yeah that, yeah
2: absolutely. There was yeah. a there was a, a great effort by particularly the Bush administration upon the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan yeah. to control the media in yeah. a way that. Mm. Uh, you know, I I think the the media exposure of what was happening in Vietnam took the American government by surprise. Yeah. I don't think they, had, they weren't ready for the, they were not ready for that. They were yeah. not ready for the people at home to see what we were doing over there to see what it truly meant to be a soldier in a guerrilla war. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, even
1: if you look at something like the Second World War, yeah. which everybody would say is you know it was a completely justified nobody was exposed to the fact that on you know sure. the Normandy invasions the yeah. civilian casualties in France and Holland were, were really absolutely horrific or, yeah yeah, yeah. So but I'm know, just talking about you know, our, our supposed allies we killed some men and, and people yeah. didn't see that it wasn't it wasn't
2: in their face 24-7 That's as right It is today That's yeah. right and, and and to be honest I don't think it's in their face today I don't think it's, no. <laughs> it's Not true. like no. it was Yeah no. No. Not like no. it was For we, a brief moment You know We
0: only had one sh- Mainstream paper The Mirror mm. Who was against The Iraq War At the yeah. time I was in school still In my last year of school And they were Putting out pictures of civilian casualties in Iraq, right? And they were lampooned for it. They were yeah. like, oh, how, "How could you do this? How, you know, how could you do this?" But, but they, they did only...
1: get it incredibly wrong in the end. Uh, about what? They they, they they put they published pictures that were that right. were complete fakes of a okay, right. You know, so yeah. Well, maybe maybe, maybe yeah. that's
0: uh, they were a mainstream paper. Yeah. and They were a tabloid, so you you could you weren't getting in-depth analysis yeah. of why the war was wrong for mm-hmm. them. It was very emotion-driven, mm-hmm. just like the other tabloids were, but they were the only mainstream paper... Yeah, even the, things at
1: like The Guardian and The Independent, which were... Which you would regard that as left-wing yeah, newspapers we we're, were were ignoring. what well, in of the this, yeah. in the run-up
2: to the Iraq War, you know the, the proof of weapons of mass destruction. Um, the the New York Times, which again you, you would generally think of as being a fairly left-leaning organization, wound up yeah. being a mouthpiece for the administration's right. to drive towards war by by you know people within the Bush administration giving exclusives to yeah, the yeah. reporters oh, yeah, yeah. and leaking yeah. information to the reporters that yeah. was actually patently false, yeah. and then those leaks that were given to the New York Times, were actually used as evidence by the administration in their drumbeat for war.
0: Right. Wow. (laughs) So Trump has said that... (laughs) Lots of horrible, stupid things. (laughs) Indeed. Amongst which that Mm. Edward Snowden should be killed as a traitor. Mm -hmm. Uh, What have we heard from Hillary Clinton on these kinds of issues. Hillary
2: Clinton believes that Edward Snowden should come back and stand trial. Right. Um, Hillary Clinton also believes that he is guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and her job as Secretary of State, <laughs> you know, is to, is to take a... Uh, a punishing stance on right. Edward Snowden when she was Secretary of State, which is when this all happened. Um, you know, uh, it was while she was Secretary of State. Uh, I don't think that that opinion would change very much if, when she were elected president. Uh, to be honest, I think that there is, there seems to be a pretty clear military agenda within the United States that actually, yeah. I'm not sure if the president. Is in control of anymore? Yeah, that's. You could argue that. <laughs> yeah. Way, even way back
1: back to Kennedy and before that, yeah. the president wasn't really right, in right, right. Eisenhower yeah. warned us of this. Right? Yeah, Eisenhower that, absolutely, the, the, he the, did. Yeah, yeah. The And I think we're there. complex.
0: Yeah. Tell people where to go to see Private Manning, and I would really love our, our listeners here to scot in Scotland to go and see your show.
3: So they can they can see it at the space at Nidri Street mm-hmm. at ten ten p.m. Show okay. up at ten. Yeah, <laughs> show up ten minutes before. Um, you can buy tickets through the Nidri Street box office or the Ed Fringe box office. There's even a link on our website, theRepresentatives.org. Okay. Um, so yeah, Private Manning goes to Washington by the Representatives. Come see the show, and after every show, we let the audience know where we're drinking um, because we oh, would love great. for them to come and talk to us. And we also, at the end of every show, hand out postcards addressed to Chelsea Manning. So should they want to start a correspondence after the show, okay, wonderful.
1: Well, guys, it's been absolutely fantastic. and this is one of the most rewarding uh, ones we've actually done. Oh, it's great. And I'm sure uh, uh, the the guys who listen to the podcast will appreciate that as well. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Thanks a lot. We're all shaking hands. In case you (laughs) wonder. And
0: uh, be libertarians. Yeah, don't be a lefty. Or a (laughs) righty.